0: Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee lavalle McKenna. I'm a therapist and healer in San Francisco, and I want to talk about our consumer culture, but I want to talk about it from a different perspective. I want to talk about our consumption of information, particularly right now with COVID-19 and sheltering at home, people are spending more time on screens even than usual. According to the Nielsen Report, the average American watches five hours of TV a day. That's 35 hours a week. That's 77 days a year spent watching television. That's over 20% of your life. Probably doesn't include podcasts listened to and news taken in in other ways. And right now with everybody sheltering at home, with COVID-19, that number is exponential. Everybody's in front of a screen. And what are we taking in? There's a lot of talk about self-care, eating healthy food, exercising, getting enough sleep. But do we think about what we take into our minds and our emotions and our spirit? Reading, watching, listening, they're consuming. You're taking stuff in just like you take in food. And it gets digested in your system, of course in a different way than food does. And a lot of times we don't pay any attention to the quality of what it is we're actually consuming in information. So if we start to think about what we watch and what we listen to in terms of feeding our mind and our soul and our emotions, are we feeding on fear? Are we feeding on violence? Are we feeding on other people's ideas and creativity that we might not even really want to take in? I know a lot of people who make the choice to buy organic food, and yet they'll scroll unconsciously through the internet or through Netflix. They might even binge watch a show and they would never do that with food. Taking in drama and news, and other kinds of information has just become an unconscious part of our culture. The movie production houses, the news generating media and corporations, their purpose is not our highest good, it's not our emotional well-being, it's to make money. Now we don't have to get all conspiratorial about it, but I think it's important to pay attention to what we consume intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, just like we might pay attention to what we eat and how we exercise and care for our bodies. It's part of our self-care. You know, I was reading the other day that 60% of the top grossing films in the last 20 years have torture scenes in them. Those include Disney and films intended for children. The ratings system has slowly deteriorated or dumbed itself down so that things that used to be considered R are now PG because we've all gotten used to a level of violence that would have been shocking a few decades ago. Now I'm a super sensitive person. I actually don't watch TV at all. Occasionally I'll watch a movie and there's very few shows I can watch, very few movies I can watch without having to leave the room. Leaving the room for me means there's some kind of a suspense that some horrible thing's going to happen to someone, usually something violent. I can't tolerate it. My son, when he was little, had exactly the same kind of sensitivity, emotional sensitivity to the suffering of others. There was very little TV he could watch. In fact, in school, they wanted him to go to the school counselor because he needed to run out of the room when they were watching some of the kind of made-for-children shows that were really scary because... Being able to tolerate violence and emotional distress has become a norm for us. And it's had this numbing effect on a lot of people. So my son's an older teenager now, and he's done a lot. We've talked about it. He's done a lot to actually desensitize himself so that he can watch almost anything. He watched American Psycho the other night. Oh my God. Which is actually a really interesting movie, but I can't tolerate it. So he can just, we can discuss it. And I think one of the things about all of this emotional overload and sensory overload in movies and television speaks to this emotional disconnect that we have from ourselves. You know, I remember I dated this guy and he could cry at TV shows. And if I asked him how he was feeling, he couldn't tell me, I don't know, because he was so disconnected from his own self, the only way really that I ever saw him emote was when he was feeling something through a narrative or a drama that was happening to somebody else. There's this idea of pseudo emotions that were having these emotional experiences. People like to watch horror movies or scary things. I remember I I had a friend who was actually a horror writer, incredibly sensitive person. He was a horror writer. He loved horror films. And I asked him why, He liked them so much. What was it about it? Because he actually wasn't a terribly brave person in real life. (laughs) And he said, you know, when I sit through a horror movie, it's like I'm doing something that's brave. And on the other side of it, I feel proud of myself. Like I went through some event and um, achieved something almost to be able to tolerate or, or move through that experience. I thought that was really weird. I'm actually a pretty brave person, although I'm a total wimp. I cannot watch horror movies. I've had a horrible experience again because I'm so sensitive. The sound, the images, they don't leave me and you can tell me they're fake. You can tell me, oh, they made that up. But the thing is, I know that almost anything that I can see on a screen has happened in real life. I can feel the suffering. And at this point in my life, certainly as a therapist, you got to pay me if you want me to sit with your suffering. I have all kinds of stuff I can do. I don't take other people's stuff in, but I am not gonna do it voluntarily, especially if it doesn't have any purpose. Sitting with people suffering in the therapy room is about actually helping them to get past it, to integrate, to be able to digest their own experience and to move more deeply into the present moment. So there's, there's a lot of reasons. And I sat through some pretty horrific stories that feels important to me. Sitting through watching someone get raped or murdered or beaten or tortured is not of interest to me. Why do I want to consume violence? What does it do for me? And if you're just doing it mindlessly, then I would really encourage you to think about it, what your motives are, how it makes you feel, just like eating food. If I sit down and eat a whole cake, I'm going to feel like crap. If I sit down and watch hours and hours of mindless television or violence or things that are making me afraid of the future, it often for me makes me feel worse than if I ate a whole cake. I did have an eating disorder for a long time in my life. So I have ate a whole cake and I do know what that feels like. (laughs) I've even eaten a whole cake and made myself throw it up, which is a whole other podcast, but We can't really throw up what we ingest intellectually and emotionally, but we can be discerning about it. We can be mindful about it to start to think about what am I taking in to my mind? What am I taking into my body? Right now, most people that I know are addicted to the news. They're addicted to information about COVID-19 and what's happening and how many people are sick and government checks and what's gonna happen in the future. And there's a lot, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. There's a lot of fear and angst about the future in general. Everybody talking about the fear is projecting an idea. It has nothing to do with reality because the future hasn't happened yet. And people can imagine all kinds of things. I've actually been consuming more information than I usually do. I've tapped into what I consider this really intelligent, youtube channel called rebel wisdom i'll put a link to them in the podcast notes listening to some really visionary intelligent people talk about different ways things can go in the future and some really creative and constructive and profound ideas most of what i see in mainstream media is sensationalism and drama that's based on fear and getting people riled up which gets them more views, which makes them more money. And I understand the idea of wanting to keep up with what's happening. Some people feel a real responsibility to know, quote unquote, what's happening in the world. But often what I see, again, in mainstream is kind of a repetition over and over again of the same information said lots of different ways. Even with movies and TV shows, you know, we tend to have this narrative of There's a good guy and there's a bad guy and you have to overtake the bad guy by doing something violent. That is the main theme. I find it kind of boring. I would love in fact to find a good TV show or a movie that I actually find interesting enough that I want to watch it. I'm kind of picky so if you have any good suggestions please send them to me. I see a lot of really beautiful cinematography and fabulous music and very Poor writing and character development and plot line. So I found for myself that I would much rather do gardening. I'm taking an online course right now. I do a lot of my own artwork. I'm actually going to paint the rest of a mural on the back of my house when I finish recording today. And I like the idea that life is a conversation or like breathing in and breathing out, that we're always taking things in and then we're breathing out into the universe. In the consumer culture, the direction just tends to go one way. We just tend to consume. We take stuff in, we take stuff in, we buy stuff. It's more and more. When are we generating? What are we expressing? Just like when we eat food, it nourishes our body, it empowers us to be able to move in the world in a healthy way. When we take in information, when we consume media, stories, narratives, information, what do we do with that information? How is that processed within us that can then inspire us to generate something worthwhile into the world? I actually encourage people to spend at least as much time generating as they are consuming. We all have gifts and talents to bring into the world. Certainly it's fine to be entertained, but just a life of entertainment and consumption is not fulfilling. Really what fulfills us is to bring what's inside of us out into the world. And we all have something to bring. And I think the most important things that we can bring are the things that bring us joy, the things that fulfill us, the things that make us feel good, the things we're interested in. We spend more time doing those, encouraging other people to do them, or just sharing them, that breathing in and breathing out of information, that breathing in and breathing out of energy, That exchange that we have with the world, it's like eating food and digesting it, extracting the nutrients we need and excreting the rest. That's a healthy process. And just like there's an obesity epidemic because of people not eating mindfully or in that balanced way, it's almost like information obesity. We just take in and consume information way beyond what's necessary or healthy or needed and we get overloaded and people get stressed and they get anxious and they get fearful and they're taking in other people's ideas that don't even resonate or nourish them in any kind of a way, takes them out of their own life experience into the future and often causes them to just want more information in an attempt to feel secure based on the anxiety that they just got from the news they watched and then they get to get more information so that then they feel better and it's like feeding cycle, just like when I used to binge on food and it doesn't work. I'm pretty extreme. I have a really thick filter about what gets through as far as information goes. Anything important in the world happens, I find out, absolutely. You don't have to be as extreme as me, but I would encourage you to think about how you nourish yourselves with information, to become mindful about what you consume into your mind and your emotions and your spirit, because it has an effect. And we have more control than we think. There's an off button on almost everything that gives us information. So if you're feeling out of sorts, if you're feeling anxious or stressed, I encourage you to take a little media fast even just for a day or two, and do an experiment and see how you feel. The screens aren't going away and we have a responsibility to ourselves in managing our relationship with them. So just like making healthy choices in the food aisle, can we start to make healthy choices on our phones, on our televisions, on our computers? I have a few openings for clients. I'm speaking with people remotely by phone, FaceTime, and Skype. If you wanna make an appointment of spiritual psychology, send me an email, info at reneemckenna.com. If you wanna pick up a copy of my book, Allies and Demons, Working with Spirit for Power and Healing, it's up on Amazon, it's a great time to read. It's also on Kindle. If you have Kindle Unlimited, it's free right now. I just posted my Allies and Demons workbook up on Amazon. It should be ready in a few days. That is a deepening experience for the inner journeys that go with the book. So I encourage you to check that out. Stay safe. Be well. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee Lavalley McKenna in San Francisco.